0: Welcome to Israel War Briefing, a podcast from the Jewish Chronicle offering deep insight into the crisis in the Jewish state as it continues to unfold. I'm Jake Wallace Simons, editor of the Jewish Chronicle and author of Israelophobia, the newest version of the oldest hatred and what to do about it. In each episode, I'll be asking an expert commentator for their analysis of the latest developments and reflections on what comes next. This episode of Let's Talk, the Israel War Briefing podcast, is produced in association with Shabbat for Israel, a national expression of solidarity with the people of Israel, called by Chief Rabbi Sir Ephraim Mirvis, and taking place on the 8th and 9th of March. Inspiring guest speakers, many traveling from Israel, will be joining communities around the country who will be staging special events and initiatives to mark the event. Contact your local synagogue to find out what's happening in your area. Today, I'm honoured to be joined by Michael Levy from Israel, whose younger brother Or is currently being held hostage by Hamas in Gaza. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for for joining us um, to talk about this very difficult um, time. Could you could you begin perhaps by just talking about who or is and um, how the uh, uh, episode, the events of October the seventh played out?
1: Uh, yes, always uh, the youngest out of uh, three brothers. Uh, I'm the oldest, so he's my youngest brother. Uh, he is one uh, one of the the, the people that uh, you can call annoying geniuses. Uh, okay. He knows everything, and uh, he taught himself everything, and you know, for people uh, it's just a name or another uh, picture, but for me, it is my little brother. And he's
0: 32, right? He's 33. 33. And what's his job
1: in...? Uh, he's, he's a software engineer, a okay. very successful one. Okay. And, yeah, he was married to Einav, and they have a two-year-old son named Al-Mog. And they were one of those couples that um, you can call now uh, the new Israeli dream. And both uh, were very successful in their uh, jobs and high-tech companies. Or was part of an exit of one of the companies, and uh, with a bright future ahead of them. And where do they live? Uh, they lived in Givatay, uh very close to Tel Aviv. Okay. Uh, they wanted. Uh, they loved music festivals and they loved traveling. They did it a lot with uh, with Almog, and uh, before he was born. Uh, they used to travel a lot and go to music festivals
0: okay so all 33 years old software engineer married a two-year-old son al-mog living near tel aviv um very successful sort of part of the new the the, the new israeli story of, of the tech miracle yes. um did he presumably he served in
1: the army Yes, I uh, usually you know, don't like to talk about it because it's not very, you know, it's not related. And mm. he didn't do anything, uh, any combat uh, fighting or anything. It was just part of the army, the Israeli army.
0: Just a regular national service, like anybody else exactly. sort would of do. Right. As, as you have to when you get to 18. Right. And was he um, uh, politically active? I know the period before October the 7th was a really turbulent one for Israel, wasn't it? Was he involved in that or was he not a political person?
1: Actually, no. I mean, none of us are, uh, we we weren't very political then and we are not very political now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just wanted to live uh, his life in peace with his uh, amazing family and do his job and uh, have fun when he can. And
0: what's he like as a as a father? I mean, I know that uh, it, it sounds like he he's very young at heart. I mean, he's he's not old, but he's young at heart. He loves traveling still, and he took his family to Thailand as well, didn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's exactly who he is. He loves traveling, and he actually Almog uh, is the whole world, and he did everything with him. Mog is a very technical uh, kid. He likes the switches and fans and uh, lights and everything uh, related to electri- electricity.
0: Oh. His uh, father's son, his father's exactly,
1: son. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. was like that as well. he's uh, like when he was a kid. And uh, so we just uh, created a wall for him with switches and fans and lights. Uh, that Almog really loves and he plays with it all the time.
0: And what did yeah. a weekend look like for them?
1: Uh, um, I guess uh, like a normal weekend uh, for for all of us. Uh, we usually had uh, dinner at my parents' house or or lunch on Saturday. It depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know some traveling friends uh, mm-hmm. and yeah. trying to rest from the crazy crazy week right did, did he did he go to the beach was he a beach person uh from time to time yeah definitely uh, we actually grew up uh, near the beach so mm-hmm. we we like it a lot and, mm-hmm. yeah, they still they still went to the beach whenever they could and yeah, mainly uh, on weekends we we mainly just uh, try to rest and have fun with with friends and family
0: so really quite a a fairly i mean special but ordinary family no, um really outside special.
2: Television,
0: but special in 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 the way that everybody is special and he had some talents has some talents and um you know and was a special person um as well so bring us up yeah. to um october the seventh thing
1: um so that was actually not an ordinary weekend. And uh, they, uh, in Avenor, decided to take a different break from uh, the crazy weeks. And uh, they left Almog uh, with his grandparents and headed to the Nova Festival. And uh, they actually wanted uh, another night with him. So they left for the party. Only at 5:20 a.m., so they reach the festival around 6:20 a.m. It's about an hour drive. So you've got so Almog is is being looked
0: after by your parents.
1: Enav's parents,
0: yeah. Enav's parents, and Enav and Or leave very early in the morning, five-ish, to get to the Uh Nova Festival. Because they didn't want uh they wanted to put into bed i suppose the night before did they so they they stayed and and left really early to get to the nova festival
1: exactly and okay. um, like i said it's about an hour hour drive and so unfortunately they arrived straight to the missile attack and when they arrived there uh, they immediately texted us and told us that uh, they are heading back or trying to head back. Uh, but a few minutes after, they texted us again and told us that they are hiding in a bomb shelter, not very far from the festival area. And, um, and so at that at that
0: time, what did you? I mean, I suppose the whole country was in a state of confusion about what was happening. What 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 did you know then? Can you remember what yep. was going through your mind and how you you know what was what was it like?
1: Actually, I was at first. I didn't even know that they were there. I woke up at. uh, I remember the the time. I woke up at 6:34 a.m. and to the sound of uh, sirens all over my my house. At first, I thought I'm dreaming, and then I woke my wife. I woke uh, woke up my wife and asked if she hears those sirens. And then we turned on the TV, and we saw in Israel, when you have so many sirens, you can see it uh, as alerts on TV. Uh, so we turned on the, the TV and saw numerous alerts, and the whole screen was full of them. I immediately called my mother because I saw that uh, they had sirens there as well. And uh, so I wanted to know how, how are they doing. Uh, she told me that. Sorry. Go on. And he told me that they are uh, okay, uh, but that all when uh went to a festival down south. Uh, at first, I wasn't too worried. Right. Turned on the news, I saw what's going on. It seemed, at first, it seemed like a, an ordinary, if you can call a missile attack ordinary, but in Israel, unfortunately, you can't. And it was another missile attack. Uh, we thought it will be over soon. And when my mother told me that, oh, uh, enough, they uh, are hiding in a bomb shelter, I was you know, relatively calm. I wasn't too worried because I thought, okay, if, as long as they are there, nothing will happen to them. So they weren't texting you, they were texting your mother. Yeah. yeah. Right and where were you at this time were you with your mother or were you at home no no i was at my uh, my house with uh, my family
2: right
1: uh, my wife and kids and it took you know i, I turned on uh, as everyone else in israel i turned on the tv and we saw the news mm. at first you know you got mixed uh Mixed uh, reports from what's going on there. And I saw some videos that I couldn't believe.
2: Yeah. So
0: you saw the videos that we all now know so well, unfortunately, of the Hamas terrorists coming over the border and rampaging through the kibbutzim.
2: Exactly. And, um,
0: and so uh, Or and Enav uh, in are in the bomb shelter. So you hear that through your mother and yeah. then what what happened next what, what
1: time was this uh it was about six thirty, yeah, about 6 45 something like this and okay. uh, so at that point i was relatively calm like i said Just turned yeah. on the news and wanted to understand what's going on and then i think it took an hour or so and when I started hearing more and more reports about what's going on, and then I tried to call all myself uh, it was about an hour later, about seven forty 740, seven forty five and I couldn't uh, reach him. I couldn't reach him enough as well and I spoke to my mother again, she told me that they, that he called her uh, from inside the bomb shelter. Mm-hmm was terrified apparently they heard the rumors or something because i'm because he was terrified and when my mother asked him oh, what's going on is everything okay uh, his response was uh, repeatedly mom you don't want to know what's going on here and that was the last thing we heard from them and Again, at that point, I wasn't too worried because I thought it will be over soon and I couldn't believe there are terrorists inside Israel. Definitely not what happened.
2: And
1: then then my mother... Sorry, go ahead. And then my mother called me around 8.30 and crying. He was worried. He was terrified. And... I was actually a bit angry because I told her mom everything is okay and uh, you know, don't think about bad things. Uh, they will call us soon. Uh, they are just hiding and everything will be fine. Uh, so I didn't didn't understand how big it was at that point. I suppose. It took me... Go ahead. Sorry. It, it took me about two hours to to understand. So only around 10 a.m. I I really understood that something bad happened.
0: Right. Uh, I suppose there must have been a, a, a period of time between when you lost contact with them and when you found out what had happened to them that must have been very... I mean, I can't imagine how distressing and worrying and confusing it must have been. Can you talk a little bit about what that period was like?
1: Yeah, that's actually... It took us eight days to understand what happened to all. Uh for me I think it was the hardest eight days of my life. And I actually don't really remember the first two days besides the fact that I when I actually understood that something bad happened, I started obsessively calling hospitals to understand if they are there. And I actually called so many times that uh, the operators knew my voice and immediately told me, yeah, yeah your brother and his wife are still not here. Uh, try again in 30 minutes or an hour. Uh, obviously, I tried again after 10 minutes. and There were a lot of rumors of about what's going on. Uh, there were lists of survivors from uh, the Nova Festival. I started uh, talking to friends uh, of them, to the producers of the of the festival, and basically anyone who might know something. And, and only after, uh, only on Sunday, uh, I managed to see a video of them inside the bomb shelter. That one of the survivors. Uh, just uploaded uh, the story and wow. on Facebook so and did you know that that was coming?
0: Did they contact you and tell you that that, that they had this video? no,
1: I uh, just got it from one of my friends who saw it um, they we knew that they were somewhere in one of the bomb shelters there are bomb shelters all over uh, the place there and so you
0: just so the first so the first sign of them came randomly like coincidentally by one of your friends spotting it on facebook and 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 what did that video show
1: uh so it didn't show much I mean, you can you the, the most of the video was actually all of the video was uh taken prior to the terrorist arrival you can see uh, the missile attack you can see people uh inside the bomb shelter. some of them are oh, still smiling uh they obviously didn't understand uh, what's going on, and I also had a picture that O took. Uh, you couldn't see them because he, they were at the back of the bomb shelter, and they were, he, he took the picture uh, towards the exit, so we only saw other people that were inside. And this is how we knew that he was with certain people and not with others. And and we started talking, uh, and somehow I got uh, the, the contact of uh, some families uh, of loved that their loved ones were at the same uh, bomb shelter. Mm-hmm. And we were all in the same situation. We didn't know much. And from that video that I just uh, spoke about, uh, I managed to understand a few things, uh, like where is the bomb shelter, because every bomb shelter has a dwelling. Hmm. And there was a drawing of a bird on it, uh, there was a was also a sentence that uh, said that uh, this uh, bomb shelter was a uh, donation of a certain uh, organisation. So I could were to somehow... identify
2: the specific
0: bomb shelter that they were in. Exactly. And did uh, it did it change? I mean, seeing that video, did it change how you felt and and what you did, did it make uh, a big
1: difference to you? Not really, but uh, it made me, you know, I, whenever uh, something bad happens, I usually react by doing something. And it helped me doing something. I had a mission to understand what's going on and to find where they are. And it gave me a clue. And there were also uh, cars in the, that same video. So I watched it frame by frame and managed to find uh, the car license plate of one of them. And that's how we got to one of the survivors. And he told us that, um, yeah, we was actually in the hospital, so I spoke to his father. Uh, but when he woke up, his father, I showed him the picture and uh, he said that he remembered only uh, enough, but uh, only prior to the terrorist attack. Uh, at that point, we knew that, uh, you know, about 10 minutes after uh, the call that he had with my mother, uh, a group of terrorists arrived to this bomb shelter.
0: And may I ask, Michael, what, what your job is in your ordinary life?
1: Uh, I actually manage a department in a very big, IT uh, company. Okay. 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 Nothing. Um, nothing uh, like the intelligence uh, job I had to do uh, at that point.
0: Right. Right. So, so it didn't. I just wondered whether your character for, for for dealing with detail in that way was
2: reflected in your ordinary life. I think that for me it was like project, uh,
1: like the most important project of my life, but. Uh, I I try to address it as a project or as a mission and to get any detail that I can find and talk to anyone that uh, might know something. And what
0: was was happening with your other family members at, at this time during this period? How did everyone respond and relate to each other? And what was the general atmosphere in your family?
1: uh that's a very good question uh, it's changed from you know, it depends it depends on the the hour of the day there were point there were hours then where the where we thought the worst happened and times where we were super optimistic and a lot of crying and a lot of uh, discussions between ourselves and well, my mother was devastated and my, my father uh, he didn't know how to react he was i haven't seen him like this i still don't recognize him even now He's completely different and we try to be we try to stay optimistic as much as we can but uh, obviously it wasn't easy how how is he different he barely speaks and he was one of those that the last thing that you can say about them is that he's a fragile man and now everyone everybody that Saw him or met him. Just
2: tells me how fragile he is, and I just try to keep him uh, safe. He's not a young man. Mm. He has so if, a hard yeah. Sorry. So if we
0: wind forward then to when you first got the news about
2: what had happened. Can you tell me about that? Um,
1: yeah, the, I actually, eight days after uh, October 7th, I got a call from a number I didn't recognize. And at that point, every call that wasn't uh, from a number that I, I recognized was was terrifying. You know I was afraid uh, when I answered the phone uh, when i answered the uh, um an army officer uh presented herself and told us uh, told me that uh he tried to call my parents and couldn't reach them and that she wanted to tell us um uh, what's what happened and i At first, she didn't want to tell me over the phone. She wanted to meet us, and then. And I insisted. I didn't let her uh, hang up the phone without uh, telling me. And she told me that all was kidnapped. And that was actually a few days after that we heard that uh, they found Aynab's body. Uh, Three days after the funeral. And uh, so, when she told me, I asked her to wait because I wanted to be the one who tells my parents.
2: And
1: I asked her to find a paramedic and a doctor and come to my parents' house with them because I was worried about uh, their reaction. Uh, honestly, I'm almost ashamed to admit that. Uh, I was relieved that he was only
2: kidnapped and that he wasn't,
1: uh, he wasn't killed in this horrible attack, Uh, you know, who would have thought that uh, I will feel uh, relieved that my brother is held by monsters, but that was the feeling.
0: And how did you... If I, if, if I can ask, how did your parents
1: react when they received the news? Uh, to my surprise, they actually reacted the same.
2: Mm.
1: We, we didn't talk about it before.
2: Mm.
1: Only when I told them, I, saw, I immediately saw that uh, they felt the same. They were relieved that uh, this was the news and not the worst. And um, but then, you know, after a day or two, we started thinking about what it means, and then it kind of sank.
2: So, if you can just—I suppose—since
0: in the months since then, you must have got some more information and pieced together what happened. Can you tell me, to the best of your knowledge, um, the narrative of of, of what happened? We left them in the bomb shelter. Uh, What do you know of what happened after that?
1: Uh, So unfortunately, I managed to find videos of uh, the terrorists coming to the bomb shelter and throwing grenades into it. And I also saw some some of the people that were kidnapped from inside were kidnapped uh, together with all, and it was about 10 minutes after the last call that we had with all. Unfortunately, I couldn't see all in any of those videos. I just saw the terrorists throwing grenades and spraying it with bullets, and I saw them kidnapping three out of the four uh, people that were inside and uh, always actually we knew what happened to 28 out of 29 of the people and uh, were inside always the only one that i couldn't tell for sure what happened and only only when the army told us we knew that uh, he was kidnapped and um, but that's pretty much it i know now that uh he was thrown in the back of the pickup truck together with the others after the the video that was uh, that I saw uh, but that's it and
0: is is your understanding that Aina lost her life in the grenade blast when they were throwing them in
1: yeah uh yeah yeah no one really no one could really tell us exactly what happened to her but uh it's probably because of the grenades or the the shooting inside the bomb shelter. Yeah.
0: So before we talk about Orr and what's happening now and how you're campaigning for him, um, could you just spend a, a little while talking about Enough and uh, yeah. you know who, who she was and how her family is and a bit about that experience, that side of the story as well.
1: Uh. Yeah, it's it's still hard for me to, to talk about it because we didn't really stop to grieve about it now. Mm-hmm. She, she was also mate,
2: actually. Uh, they, they
1: were very good friends for years. It took them seven or eight years to understand that they actually They were actually meant for each other. Uh, We saw it first. Actually, my mother saw it first and told her that um, she actually asked him, oh, why don't you date enough? Where did they meet? uh, uh, Sorry? Where did they meet? Uh, They were part of the the same group of friends after high school. And when my mother asked him about it, he told her that uh, he couldn't because she's like his sister. And uh, then it took a few more months, and then he just came to us and told us that uh, they are together. And yeah, like, uh, very much like, oh, she was very happy, always surrounded by friends, uh, love traveling, love music, uh, love dancing. She was a dancer uh, for
2: years. And. Yeah,
1: that's you know still can't really talk about it uh, in in past. Yeah, and and she of course was the mother
0: to Al Mog, who is two now. Yeah, um, did she combine motherhood with with work? Was she one of those Israeli mothers who brings the kid to work and
1: and has uh, him there? Exactly. I mean, they were both a uh, high tech company in in high tech. Uh, People and she was a graphic designer, a very successful one. And she worked uh, many hours, Uh, but still, they 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 somehow managed to combine uh, very demanding jobs with amazing parenting. And he was the whole life, and they still managed to have fun from time to time uh, together with him and uh, so alone
0: and has has your family and enough's family become closer almost through this experience i mean are, are you in close touch or are you
1: uh are you yeah we yeah we actually did a lot of things together in order to find out what happened to them
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and 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 usually those situation. uh get you closer to to a person and that was that's what happened and now we have to raise almog together the families so we are uh,
2: tied to each other okay so um let's we'll talk about almog in a
0: bit but first i just wanted to ask you um about the, the period since so from when you discovered what happened to Or until now, um, what do you know about him and what have you been doing and what can we do?
1: Um, so what I know is pretty much what I knew after the first, uh, you know, after the A-Day, and uh, we know that he's still alive and that he wasn't injured, but that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, as for what happened since uh, i always say that uh, there is the old michael of before october 7th and the new michael of after october 7th and sometimes i look at myself in the mirror and i don't really recognize who i'm who i'm looking at and i basically left everything behind and that's what i do 24 7. i went to I don't know how many delegations, and uh, I think it will be my eighth delegation in two and a half months. Uh, I met politicians, I met the Pope, I met presidents, a prime minister, anyone who is willing to hear the story. I actually hated. Talking about myself, about my family, about personal things, definitely not on media. I hate to speak in public, and I do it whenever I can
2: now, just to just to get him back. Uh, I actually promised my parents and um,
1: after two days, actually somehow was got the courage to promise something that uh, I don't know how. How I can, uh, how and when can I do it, uh, I promise them that I'll bring all back. And uh, now I have to do everything in my power to bring him back.
0: And so you've been trying to create awareness and pressure, I suppose, political pressure, um, and, um, that yes. you hope will will, will will eventually lead to some kind of deal
1: or rescue, something of that sort. Exactly. Uh, My mission is to raise the awareness and to create more and more pressure on everyone, uh, on the Israeli government, on foreign governments, on Qatar, on Egypt, and basically anyone who might be able to help in any way for me i I want to stress that you asked earlier if I was a political um uh, activist uh, and I answered that the answer was no, but even if he was it it doesn't really matter because mm-hmm. i I want people to understand that this is not about politics, it's not about Israel versus Palestinians it's not about What's, what should be done in Gaza after the war. It's about human beings with real lives and hopes and dreams and families. Uh, like I said at the beginning, uh, they see another number or another name, but I see my little brother and all the hostages are someone's uh, family. Sure,
0: I mean, I was I was asking about his politics, only to build up a, uh, an idea of who he was. That was my only
1: reason. No, no, I know, I know. But, but it's, it's important that people will understand that this is not related to politics in any way. It's very yeah. easy to connect it to, to politics. Well, actually, on, the, on that note,
0: um, the next thing I was going to ask you about was the reaction of the world to the hostages, to Israel, to the war in Gaza. You must have experienced this firsthand. You know, one of the first things that that, that, that people were so shocked by in Britain was people tearing down hostage posters. Um, have you encountered that kind of reaction yourself?
1: I actually witnessed it with my own eyes when I was in New York, uh, two meters from me, I saw a woman just tearing posters of kids. From the wall, honestly, I felt sorry for him. I wasn't even angry uh, whenever I manage to speak to people that uh, protest against Israel or against uh, the hostages uh, sometimes i I try to get into a conversation with them to understand their mindset and how can people be so cool, or so ignorant
0: did uh, you speak to this woman when you saw her taking the posters down
1: i, I try but you in away. okay uh, but i managed to, to meet few of those uh, and whenever you ask them something real they don't really know what to answer they For don't example? really understand what's happening in Israel or what's yeah. happening in Gaza or what are they fighting for. And they just know that someone told them that uh, they should hate someone. And that's it. Mm. And, I mean, if whenever you see someone taking posters uh, of a two-year-old kid, it cannot be logical. Mm. And you cannot... Speak to to understand that kind of behavior. A two-year-old child, even if he's from the wrong side, didn't do anything wrong to anyone. So. And and you
0: you haven't been called up to serve in Gaza or on
1: the mm. in the north yourself. No, um, gently for you... me, no. Uh, you no, know, I have another mission. Right, right, right. Okay.
0: And but in terms of the, you know, it feels to me from the outside, well, to some extent from the outside. I mean, you know, in, in in the early part of the conflict, people would often ask us, you know, Jewish people in Britain and elsewhere, do you have any family in Israel? And people began to answer, yeah, we have nine nine million. Uh so we're sort of on the inside and on the outside at the same time. But it seemed to me, certainly on the outside of Israel, that in in your country people are there's an extraordinary energy of people pulling together and supporting each other have you found that and has that helped
1: Uh, so i actually that's one of the positive things that happened uh, as a result of the the horrible situation and you can you I met so many good people who left everything behind. and just want to help. I meet on a daily basis people who just ask me, what do we need? How can we help? People that I don't know.
0: Um, can you think of any, any specific examples of of people that have st- stand out in your mind?
1: I, 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 you know, the, I'm sitting here in the, the middle of the, the family hostage forum. Uh, which is based on volunteers it's a building with six floors full with people who left everything behind and walked day and night just to help us and uh, you have here food and you have here psychologists and you have media teams and social teams it's an amazing organization that was built on volunteers and if i need something i just pick up the phone and they usually fight who will help me that's how amazing it is and how are all the volunteers
0: living because they're not working how are they how is everybody it feels like everyone's dropped everything
1: that's the mystery of it people actually prefer not to walk and to live on their savings just to help, just because they feel that they need to they have to do something. and I meet so many people who are actually frustrated because they feel that they, are, they can't do enough and that's that's a feeling that I cannot describe and I can't even start to describe how how it helps how much it helps us.
2: And what can we do? People in Britain, listeners around the world,
0: what
1: can we do? Uh, I keep saying that uh, whenever I talk to someone, anyone actually, um, you know better than I do what you can do. I uh, mean, You can pick up the phone, you can send an email, you can go and meet someone who might be able to help if it's on the, the media or if it's on the government, uh, on the British government, the American government, uh, someone, everyone knows someone who might be able to help. And like I said earlier, we want to put pressure on Qatar and Egypt and any, anyone who can put pressure on Hamas to stop committing crimes against humanity and release the hostages. And So I only ask from you and from everyone uh, who is listening now is help us, help us. Just you know better than I do what you can do, even if it's small, even if it's just sharing our story and, or sharing other hostages' story. Everyone can contribute
2: in, in his way, in his own way.
0: Now I just wanted to finish just by asking. About Almog, I mentioned him
2: earlier, um, the two-year-old son of Aynav and or how's he doing? Um,
1: you know, the good thing about it is that he's only two, and he probably won't remember most of it.
2: Um, but he understands. He. He misses his parents.
1: He calls. He calls them every day. And when we actually mentioned, when actually when someone actually mentioned the word "dad" or "mom" next to him, he burst into tears.
0: So, does he know what? What? What does he know of of
1: where they've gone? Uh, obviously, we couldn't tell him everything. But we, after talking to professionals, uh, we had to tell him that
2: uh, his mother went away and that she's not going to come back. And
1: that his father uh, was taken and that we are looking for him and trying to get him back.
2: And he's yeah. How did he respond to that? Um
1: he at first he didn't. Like he acted as a two-year-old boy and then he started asking questions and called them a lot a lot more. He's not himself. You can see that he He's not sleeping well, he's not eating well,
2: Is he's, he's different, just different. And who's looking after him?
1: Um, he, he, uh, uh, now he's moving between the grandparents. Mm-hmm. But we all try to help, support him, show
2: him love, mm-hmm. hug him in any way. okay well Michael um thank you so much for joining us and being so brave
0: and uh and candid and open about your experiences um of course, you know we're all praying for you and for all and for your family and your country and people and we we you know we're with you and we we you know anything that we can do to help we we'll, we'll do um thank you so much. Yachananetzach, uh, and uh, I hope i absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, and I hope the next time we'll have some good news to talk about. You've been listening to the Israel War Briefing from the Jewish Chronicle with me, Jake Wallace Simons. Join us next time for more insight and analysis from leading experts.